0: The Holmes Politicast. I'll be your host today, and we have a lot of information to get to, so let's just get right in it. Um, The first thing is comes right out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, where you may remember that there were some violent protests, uh, riots, if you will, uh, after uh, the George Floyd incident. And they voted to defund the police. Uh, And so, according to ABC, this was on Valentine's Day, Minneapolis is going to spend $6.4 million to hire more police officers after residents experienced longer response times and an increase in violent crimes following the defunding of their police department. We can file this under things that everybody saw coming, except obviously the people of Minneapolis. Uh, they they tried to do a political ploy here, and it backfired tremendously. I don't know what they thought was going to happen when they defunded their police department, but um, whatever they thought was going to happen did not, and the rest of the country. Was laughing at them because we knew this is what was going to end up happening. So now, whatever money they saved is now out the window. And whatever political cred they got for, uh, you know, being able to show that Black Lives Matter and we're we're woke, we're conscious, we're going to defund the police is now out the window because they have to refund the police, and it's going to cost even more. Um, now, on the Hill, they are, the headline reads, the Dr. Fauci is now claiming that the stimulus bill needs to be passed before we can reopen schools. This is just ridiculous. Um, absolutely. Absolutely nonsense. This is why you have to have one person speaking for the administration. Because you can't have all these different voices coming out and saying different things because, you know, you have the president coming out now and and saying that it's not necessary for the teachers to be vaccinated before schools can open. You have Fauci claiming that you do. And now this, uh, an article by Joseph Choi, says, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's leading infectious disease expert, said on Sunday that a stimulus bill needed to be passed in order for schools to safely reopen. While appearing on ABC's This Week, Fauci spoke with host George Stephanopoulos about how schools could safely reopen, expanding on new guidelines that were recently released by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. It's the first time that it's been put down in a document based on uh, scientific observations and data over the last several months to to a year, both in the United States and elsewhere. Part of that is to indicate and to suggest strongly that a preference be given to teachers to get vaccinated, Fauci said. Though he added it was possible to reopen schools without having all teachers vaccinated beforehand. When asked by Stephanopoulos if schools had the resources available to abide by the new CDC guidelines, Fauci said he did not believe so. I think the schools really do need more resources and that's the reason why the National Relief Act that we're talking about getting passed, we need that. The schools need more resources. House committees have begun marking up portions of President Biden's $1.9 trillion st- dollar stimulus plan, and Democrats have vowed to pass a final bill into law by early next month. However, Fauci on Sunday appeared to be optimistic about reopening schools, a move that has been supported of throughout the pandemic arguing the detriment to young students was too great. I think it can be done. I mean, obviously, it's not a perfect situation, but it's really important to get the children back to school in the safest way possible. Safe for the children, but also safe for the teachers and other educators, educators, Fauci said. Um, Fauci also touched on the rising threat posed by the coronavirus variants from the UK and South Africa. He stated that the vaccines from Moderna and Pfizer have been shown to be clearly effective against the UK variant and stated that widespread vaccine administration was the best way to avoid serious consequences. Stephanopoulos noted the data regarding the South African variant was lacking. Recent data has suggested that the South African strain is more resistant to current vaccines. We do know that it evades uh, the protection from some of the monoclonal antibodies and it diminishes somewhat the capability and the effectiveness of the vaccine to block it. It doesn't eliminate it, but it does diminish it by multiple fold. There's still some cushion left so that the vaccine does provide some protection against it, Fauci said. So here we have it. More Now we have to get the bill passed before we can reopen schools. I mean, this is just It's just one thing after another, um, one delay after another. Um, so, okay. And here we've seen the hypocrisy once again of the media. Um, here is what the people are saying versus what the news is saying. Um, the, the news is giving us reports about how Biden loves his family, you know, playing video games with them and everything. And we're saying, please give us our checks. The news says, Biden's making jokes. He's so funny. And we're celebrating the holidays. We're saying, stop evictions, please. The news says, Biden kissed his wife. It was so romantic. Kids are still in cages. America is proud again, the news says. People are dying, the people are saying. The news is completely out of touch with what's going on. You know, they're posting photos of Joe Biden putting up Valentine hearts around the White House and, you know, setting them, you know, on the on the fence and also in little wires, you know, putting them into the ground. Because she said, I just want to look at something pretty and beautiful. Um, Meanwhile, people are having to put their kids in caskets because they're dying. We don't have money. Texas is frozen. There are... People are being evicted. We have a rampant disease, which, you know, the healthcare rollout has been slow, or the vaccine rollout has been slow. And yet, we're seeing images of Biden playing video games and kissing his wife and making jokes and and all this kind of stuff and putting up little Valentine's Day decorations. These are all meaningless gestures, and... If It would be the exact opposite if, uh, if if Trump was still in office. I mean, it would be, you know, what is Trump playing video games for when there's a crisis and all this? Um, I, it's going to be a long four, year, four years, guys. I mean, the, the way the media loves Joe Biden. Uh, guys, find a wife, find a woman who loves you as much as the media loves Democrats. And you will be happy in marriage because they absolutely fumble over themselves to talk about how great Democrats are. Republicans are usually in the span between Adolf Hitler and Stalin and, um, you know, maybe Ted Bundy, you know, um, serial killer, you know, Jack the Ripper, any serial killer. But Democrats they, everything is how beautiful they are. How wonderful their marriages are. Even when Bill Clinton cheated on his wife, embarrassed her, had her come out on the Today Show and sit and deny that her husband was having an affair and defend him. Uh, and then he comes out and says, yeah, I did it anyway. You still have Democrats in the media talking about how Bill and Hillary Clinton are their relationship goals. They are so in love. It was a sign of her strength that she stayed with her husband, even through all of that. I mean, that's how strong of a woman she was. And yet, we spent four years of listening to how Melania was the victim and how why, why would she stay with this monster, and she must be as horrible as he is, because why else would she stay with him after all the things that he's done? And it was not seen as a sign of strength. It was a sign of weakness. Or that she was just as evil as he was, if she didn't see anything wrong with him. So, Um, I mean, we're in desperate straits, guys, and the media is acting like they're on the honeymoon with Joe and Joe Biden. This is just nonsense. Speaking of which, here is CNN. Um, This is their this is their journalism class. I mean, this is this is hardcore. Uh, on February 15th, they did a story about President Biden has expressed a preference for a fire built in the Oval Office fireplace, and he sometimes adds a log himself to keep it going. Unlike his recent predecessors, he's more of an early to bed type. And then they do a horror article. Here's how Biden is settling into his new job. Okay, so this is their hard-hitting expose. Biden likes to have fire belt in the Oval Office. And get this, he actually adds logs by himself. I mean, this is amazing breaking news, folks. He adds logs by himself. And then he goes to bed early. This is, this is actually a smart move, they claim. That means that he's really working hard during the day, and that's why he goes to bed early, because he's put in a full, rich day. Um, unlike, you know, his predecessor, who wasn't doing anything all day, so he stayed up late at night and got up early. He only got a few hours sleep because he was just lazy. But, uh, you know, I mean, this is ridiculous. And, in fact, it's also ridiculous because the last president that we heard a lot about going to bed early was George W. Bush, and they actually mocked him that he was uh, a homebody and uh, was, you know, You know, they mocked him for going to bed early in the evening, Um, just when Washington was abuzz and ready to go. He wanted to go to bed. So there again, just CNN doing their excellent journalism, as usual. with The hard-hitting news. Um, Okay, and and, uh, again, staying with the theme of CNN and their ridiculousness. They, um, Joe Biden did a uh, a town hall on CNN just recently. So he claims this, um, this town hall that the reason why everything has been backed up is because they did not have the coronavirus vaccine until after they took office. Now, either Joe Biden is a consummate liar. Or his dementia is getting worse. And I can I know many of you are saying, or it could be both, and it probably is both. Uh, because we know that is not true, number one. We know it in our hearts because we're actually smart and we remember these things. But, but there's also video evidence of Biden literally getting the vaccination on camera in December. So we know that. So this man um, is again lying, or his dementia has set in even worse. So it's it's this is like I said, it's gonna be a long four years. This guy lies about everything, and now he's coming up with excuses. I mean, and it's just like last week, I actually praised the guy. I did. I I praised him for, uh, for getting all the vaccinations available. He bought enough vaccinations so that everybody in the United States could be vaccinated for this disease. And I thought that's absolutely fantastic. After less than a year in office, I mean, after, sorry, after less than a month in office, he's already got everybody enough vaccinations for everybody. And then he pulls something like this and I have to go back and criticize him again, you know, like, I don't want to sound like a partisan hack who just attacks Biden all the time, but the guy brought it on himself. I mean, he's literally lying about something that we all know isn't true. Um, so, I, and there's going to be more of it. And the longer he's in office, the worse it's going to get uh, for me. I mean, my patience level. I mean, you know, I've been trying to give him the, you know, a little bit of time here to get everything together. I've been trying to be, you know, give him what they call a honeymoon, you know, to get everything together. I mean, it's tough taking over for somebody else, um, especially in the middle of a crisis. You know, it's a lot of work to try to get things going. Particularly if you don't, if if you're trying to take things in a different direction than your, prede- than your predecessor did, it's not something that can happen overnight. you can't be lying. I mean, you just can't lie about this stuff and say that the reason it hasn't gone faster is because we didn't even have the vaccine. I mean, that's just stupid. This just nonsense. Um, according to Politico, Ivanka Trump will not mount a primary challenge to Marco Rubio's re-election bid in 2022. This was discussed quite heavily there for about a month that Um, I don't know if if she was putting it out or if people close to her were trying to encourage her to run, but there was a lot of talk that Ivanka Trump was going to run against Marco Rubio for a Senate seat in Florida and uh, that it was going to create a fissure in the party between the pro-Trump people and the more pro-establishment, you know, as she takes on uh, a sitting senator. Well, anyway, she announced, I guess it's today. Um, that she will not be running for the Senate in 2022. Um, I think it's good news for the party. Um, I'm not making any assumption about whether or not she'd be a good candidate, but it's just an inter party fight is never very good. Um, you know, you want the party to be united, and uh, primary fights are always nasty and always difficult, and really could hurt the party in two years when, when we want to take back the House or the Senate or both. Um, you don't want the party, these fissures created in the party um, where half the half the party will not turn out to vote. Like The establishments won't come out to vote for Ivanka and the Trump supporters won't come out to vote for Marco Rubio. I mean, it's just, you just don't want that kind of a challenge. So that's good. All right, this one makes me really upset. The House Democrats have introduced a bill to ban, quote, twice impeached presidents, unquote, from burial at Arlington National Cemetery and federal funds from going to buildings, displaying their names, or acknowledging their achievements. The bill is called the No Glory for Hate Act. Okay. Let me... Why don't they just call it what it is, the we-hate-Donald-Trump-and-want-him-to-die bill? Uh, who do they think they're kidding with, the twice-impeached president nonsense? I mean, who else do we think they're talking about? Uh, the mailman? Um, you know, Marco Rubio? Is this, this is referring to Nancy Pelosi? I mean, obviously, we've only had one twice-impeached president in history, so um, I don't know why. That, that's the first thing. The second thing is that that's, it's just ridiculous them passing a bill like that, and it, it better not pass uh, through the Senate. And if it does, Biden better not sign it because even though I had some very large disagreements with President Trump, um, there were a lot of things about him I didn't approve of. He did have quite a few accomplishments in office. Number one, and he wasn't impeached or he wasn't removed from office. He wasn't convicted, so he has all the rights and privileges of any other former president. As commander in chief, presidents have the option of being buried in Arlington National Cemetery, and as a former president, you uh, are a public figure and. You can name things, schools, federal buildings, uh, universities, uh, all kinds of things. Think tanks can be named after, well, it can be named after anybody, obviously. But, you know, but, uh, but that's one of the perks of being a former president. You sometimes get roads named after you. You get, you know, a lot of these different things. Um, you can't just single out one person and say that every other president gets that, but we're not going to allow that for this particular one because we didn't like him, and we couldn't get, you know, you tried to remove him from office and have him stripped of all these things. You failed. So you can't just go a back door around it, you know. I, I just, their hatred is, is just beyond me. I mean, if somebody, if I wanted to name something after Donald Trump, I should be allowed to. That's my privilege. Um, If I think he was a good president, I should be allowed to. I just think that's wrong. And on top of it, um, Donald Trump has never expressed any interest in being buried to the National Cemetery. The last I had heard, um, this was just a few years ago, he had said, ever since, uh, I don't know, we'll just say for years, for decades, I don't know, how old he was when he said this, but he wanted to be buried in New Jersey at his, uh, his golf resort. Not, uh, I can't remember the name of it offhand. And he was asked by Chuck Todd a couple of years ago in an interview, if he had changed his plans. And he said, no, that's where he always planned on being buried. He always loved that. He always loved that golf course. And it meant a lot to him. That's where he, he wanted to be buried when he died. So this is just a ridiculous, uh, move anyway to ban him from Arlington. It's not like this has been his lifelong goal to be buried in Arlington. They're trying to keep him from doing that. But then the third and most important piece is what I talked about earlier. There are more important things to be dealing with. We are in a crisis, and they're doing foolishness again. They should be going to jail. Really, this is... this is a, I can't think of what the term would be, but you are... You're, misappropriating your power, you're, you're, you're neglecting your duties by doing this nonsense to go after one person, putting the power of the federal government against one individual, that is not, it's not unconstitutional as far as there's nothing in the Constitution that's specifically to that, but it's unconstitutional because it's against what our Constitution was for. The power of the federal government should never be used to go after and to destroy one individual person in the country. That's the whole reason why the people rule and not the government. People rule over the government. The government cannot rule over the people because this is the kind of crap that happens. You go after one individual, I mean, you know, and you could destroy one human being because of the government. I mean, it has so much power right now. You know, it can – I mean, I'm not even going to go through all the things they could do with the IRS and – and all this other stuff, but with bills like this, I mean, they could just totally destroy one person just because the person takes a stand against them. And I'm not, I'm not saying that's what Donald Trump did, but I'm just saying that's the danger, is if you if you get on the wrong side of the government, if you speak truth to power, if you, if you take a position that is unpopular, then you can't have the federal government using all of its vast resources to say we're going to destroy you and destroy your life. That's just, you just can't do that. And then on top of it, you know, the people, the money we send to Washington, it belongs to us. We are loaning it to Washington. And so they can theoretically pay their bills and pay our military and, you know, fix our roads or whatever. We aren't, and yet here when we're in a crisis, we can't work because they've shut down all the businesses, theoretically. And now they're they're not giving us our money back. We need that money. We want our money back. You know, And we're not asking for it all back. We're just asking for the $2,000 that they promised us. And they're saying, well, we'll get to that whenever we get to it. We're too busy trying to take out the former president. It's nonsense. Give us our money. What is that J.G. Wentworth commercial? It's my money, and I want it now. This $2,000 is my money. It belongs to me. I lent it to you. Give it back. That's all we're asking for. We're not asking for all of our tax money back, although well, we should. Um, you know, they need to stop playing playing games here. Um gosh, it's just it's just aggravating me. Um also the US Capitol Police suggests they're gonna keep the fence up until September around the Congress around the Capitol building and leave the troops there. This is exactly the problem. They never leave an area once they deploy troops, whether it's overseas or in DC. As soon as we say bring in the troops, they they decide to occupy. That is what they're doing. There is no reason to have the Capitol under lockdown until September. It it's just it's just ridiculous. We we are an American city. We can't have, you know, there. There may have been arguably there may have been a need for the National Guard. I think I probably would have brought in the National Guard if I was in office to quell the the riot that was going on at the Capitol, just to instill peace, get them out of the Capitol. But after that, there's no reason to keep them there. They didn't need to occupy the city. They just needed to. Bringing some backup and get the and get the rioters out of the Capitol. but now they're wanting to stay forever. A um, couple of more items here that I wanted to bring up. Uh, President Biden is going to be at the Pfizer plant in Portage uh, on Friday. It was supposed to be on Thursday, but. Um, we're not having a clear indication as to why it's postponed for a day. Some have said because of some inclement weather, uh, they decided to postpone it. I'm not sure, but the point is, we are be there on Friday, so probably by the time you listen to this, you will already have been in Portage visiting the Pfizer plant. Um, he's got to do a tour, and then he's—I i don't know if he's going to make a speech or just a statement or— if he's going to answer any questions, I don't know about that. But, um, so that'll be interesting. I mean, I don't know if I'll watch it, but it'll be a little interesting. Um, a congratulations goes out to Governor Whitmer. Uh, she won <laughs> a little tongue in cheek here. She won the Indiana Burst Business Person of the Year for 2020 because of all the uh, businesses that have left Michigan and gone to Indiana. Um, So, yeah, congrats there to Governor Whitmer. Uh, A little bit of good news here, happy news. This is interesting. Uh, Many of you are familiar with the entertainer Dolly Parton. She's been around for a long time, as far back as I can remember. And uh, recently, the Tennessee legislature passed a resolution and I guess it was signed by the governor to put a statue of her, make a statue of her. And they were going to put it into the Capitol Rotunda because um, the Capitol Rotunda, I don't know if you guys know this, some of you may, but there are representatives of every state, two representatives from every state that it, that there are statues of two prominent, let me say that, two prominent people of their state in the Capitol Rotunda. So there's a hundred statues, and there's only a hundred, two from every state. So, like you might have Daniel Boone in there, you have uh, I think Ronald Reagan is in there from California. They have Gerald Ford from Michigan. You know they have you know so every state presents two statues of a prominent person from their state to represent their state in the Capitol rotunda. I don't know who they're removing, but Tennessee passed legislation to put up a statue. Of Dolly Parton. In their. Um, rotunda. And this is a very rare honor. Um, because normally there are people who have died. You don't really have. Living people. Who are put in the Capitol rotunda. Um, it's very rare. Uh, I can't say that it's never happened. But it's a rare occurrence. Usually you put in somebody who's passed away. And so. Dolly Parton released a statement. And. This is what she said. Um, I want to thank the Tennessee legislature for their consideration of a bill to erect a statue of me on the Capitol grounds. I'm honored and humbled by their intention, but I have asked the leaders of the state legislature to remove the bill from any and all consideration. Given that all that is going on in the world, I don't think putting me on a pedestal is appropriate at this time. I hope, though, that somewhere down the road, several years from now, or perhaps after I'm gone, if you still feel I deserve it, then I'm certain I will stand proud in our great state capital as a grateful Tennessean. In the meantime, I'll continue to try to good, do good work and make this great state proud. And I thought that it's just, just a nice, humble thing for her. Um, she really is a treasure. She um, really is. Uh, she is a Christian woman. She's never let um her fame or fortune really change her. Uh, in fact, just recently, again, she she you know she doesn't try to play politics. She doesn't try to uh you know take large issues on or on large to large make uh she doesn't She doesn't speak out on lo- a lot of issues, is what I was trying to say. Um, uh, last month, it was uh, it was leaked to the press that she had turned down um, getting the Presidential Medal of Freedom from Donald Trump. And she came right out and explained that she was actually offered it twice. The first time her husband was sick and he was in the hospital and she couldn't she didn't want to go to Washington to accept it because of her husband. She wanted to be there by his side. The second time was last year when uh, all the flights were because of covid and everything was shut down and she didn't want to fly out there to accept an award when the rest of the country was on lockdown. And then she was asked if she would accept it now that things are better, and she said no, I would not accept it because if I did it now, it would look like I was snubbing Donald Trump, and that wasn't my intention. If I if I refused to go when Donald Trump was there and then when Biden offers I go, she said it, it would look political and like I was snubbing our president, and she doesn't want to give that impression. That wasn't her intention, and so she's not going to accept it because she doesn't want to take sides in political issues. You know, she said, "My president is my president." You know, I'm, you know, whether it's Donald Trump or Joe Biden, it's my president. And I'm honored, but I don't want to. I don't want to look political for me to accept Joe Biden's invitation, but I didn't accept Trump's. So, I just think she's a she's a wonderful person, very humble. Um, I honestly don't know if I'd be able to turn that down if for some reason Michigan wanted to make a statue of me. I I I think me and my flesh would just be like, That'd be so awesome, I'd love it, I'd love it, you know. Um I don't know if I'd be able to say, I no, no. I don't I don't want a statue made of me. Um you know, maybe after I'm dead, but as long as I'm living, I don't want to have to see myself in a statue. I mean Honestly, I, and I'm just being honest, I I kind of think that would go to my head a little bit. Like, I don't think I'd become a snob, but I think I would want to take all of my friends and family all the time, like, come look at my statue. And I just think I'd be annoying <laughs> because I'd just be really proud of it. Like, guys, you know, hey, want to come see my statue? I have a statue of me, you know, and I would definitely come off as being real narcissistic. So I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think I'd be humble enough to do that, but it's an inspiration, though. I'm glad to see somebody else did. And maybe I'll remember that if and when somebody wants to honor me in some way like that, I can say, ah, no. Now, nah, wait till I'm worthy of something before I, you know, before you start making statues of me. Um, but, yeah, I... I just thought that was some really good news because we have so little good news anymore. Um, yeah, so we just obviously um, finished off the impeachment last week. Uh, the second one, the latest. And of course it went like we predicted. I mean, obviously it was acquitted. Um, I think seven Republicans um Voted to convict him, and that's the right. I mean, I'm not. I'm. I'm actually. That actually means more to me than uh, the 50 Democrats who did because they were just being partisan. They weren't looking at any facts. They had already made up their mind. The fact that seven Republicans voted. Um, it didn't really make a difference. So it's not like I blame them. It. It just tells me that they actually. Taking their job seriously, they didn't go in and just say, I'm gonna vote the way the party wants me to vote. So, I don't really have a problem with it, and I don't think they need to be punished for voting that way. I mean, that's their job is to vote their conscience, and you know, um, you know. But I've been hearing a lot of like, you know, and if people want a primary, that's their right. I mean, if you want a primary, I'm go ahead, you know, because that's part of our system. If you don't agree with the way the person in office is is doing their job, then you have every right to run against them. But, um, but I just, I don't see why the parties, like I've had, we've heard, I've heard of some of the parties censuring them and, and this kind of thing. I mean, I don't really see the purpose of that. I think it's just as irrelevant as impeaching Donald Trump a second time. I mean, it was just, uh, you know, they voted the way they voted. I don't really see it as being a big deal, but um, and then, of course, this week, another big story was that uh, Rush Limbaugh had died. And we knew this was coming uh, for a while. I mean, I knew he had cancer and for a while. And I had heard that he'd been missing a number of his shows in the last month. And so the prognosis I was getting wasn't very good because he kept missing shows. And people kept saying, be praying for Rush, you know, as he's having to miss shows because of his illness. So, but, I mean, it's still shocking. You know, uh, particularly because Rush Limbaugh was one of the, um, was a very important part of my life as a young, as a young person, uh, as a teenager. I listened to Rush Limbaugh. Because in this time, and, and you have to remember, of course, some of you were too young to, to remember this um but uh Rush Limbaugh was out in the days before Fox News so you only had um the mainstream networks and I think CNN, I don't even know if MSNBC had come around yet. So you just had CNN and then you had ABC, NBC, CBS and PBS, I guess. Um and they all leaned liberal. So when Bill Clinton got elected my family wasn't happy. We were not supporters of Bill Clinton at all. And all you had was all the networks doing what we had talked about before, you know, just they were just in love with the Clintons. The Clintons could do no wrong. The Clintons were wonderful. They were sent from God. They were just extremely intelligent. Remember you know, the Hillary Clinton is the smartest woman on the planet. I mean, literally they said that. I mean, literally. I, I'm not even exaggerating. They said she was the most brilliant woman on the planet. And Rush Limbaugh was the only one who was speaking truth. So I listened to Rush Limbaugh all the time. Um, when my dad and I were building, when we were working on projects, uh, we would play Rush Limbaugh while we were working you know, so we actually knew what was going on in the world outside of what the news media was reporting. So he was, he was an important part of my, uh, late teens, early twenties. Uh, and he helped formed form my opinions. I, not that I didn't have opinions, but he helped me learn how to express my opinions in a way that was more focused, um, Uh, Show me how to use humor in making my arguments instead of anger. You know, like sometimes he would kind of mock an issue a little bit, use jokes to show how ridiculous, um, ridiculous uh, something was. Um, uh, You know, just stuff like that. And and he actually, even before, uh, when I was younger, I was... Pro-life or pro-choice. Um, you could say I was pro-choice. I really didn't have an opinion, which forced me to be, I mean, which you had to be either pro-life or pro-choice. So it, it made me pro-choice, but I wasn't really like pro-abortion or anything. I just didn't really have an opinion because, you know, I was a little bit chauvinistic in my thinking that abortion was a woman's issue and it's not something that me as a guy needed to ever think about or worry about because it's not my problem. It was kind of a horrendous, selfish way of thinking, but it's like, I don't really care. It's not my body. It's not my problem. I'm never going to have to worry about it, so why do I care? What, you know, if, you know. And so, I just not an issue that I thought about and I cared about. So, uh, but I remember Rush Limbaugh doing a segment one time about the sanctity of life. And it gave this really, it wasn't almost poetic. I mean, it was almost poetry. Just, I listened to it, and for the first time I started thinking about about life and how if you don't have any respect, you know, that abortion destroys the sanctity of life, that it makes you lose the value of a human being. And without the sanctity of life, you don't care about your soldiers. You don't care about the elderly. You don't care about, you know, all these issues that if you lose that and life becomes just something you can throw away, it's just disposable that it, it changes who you are as a person and it, and it starts to destroy and decay your soul. And it was really, really compelling. And it didn't, I'm not saying that, that, that I heard that and suddenly I became pro-life, but it had an impact on me, and it always has. And when I became a Christian, it really sunk in. I really started to understand why life was important. And it became more than just, that was a really, you know, that's something I need to think about, to, okay, now I've thought about it. I've made my decision. I want to stand up for life. And so, I hadn't listened to him in the last several years. Uh, just because I, I'm usually busy during the day. I don't you know, sometimes I'll hear about some things that he talked about and, and things like that. But it definitely is the end of an era and I don't think there'll ever be anybody like him because he came out when there were nobody else. There was nobody else out there who was speaking about the Democrats. You know, a few years later we had Fox News start and you know, you started having more radio talk show hosts who were coming forward and and, uh, right now, uh, talk radio, there are some progressives and other things, but, um, talk radio really became a place for um, conservatives and Republicans to, to turn to, um, and to listen to. And so, you know, he was a real hero of the first amendment. I mean, he was speaking truth, but nobody else was. And, uh, I'm, I'll always have, uh fond memories of those times of being with my dad and working on stuff and listening to Rush Limbaugh. It was just a part of our life. And it was like, he was a member of the family. You know, We listen to him all the time. and uh, So, yeah, I, I it, it's, it's really sad for me when I hear about people dying and um, that I remember from my childhood. And I just heard that Bob Dole, um, has stage four lung cancer and he's ninety seven years old. And I can't imagine he's gonna be around much longer, but Bob Dole, as as many of you know, was a Republican senator from Kansas throughout my childhood. And he was actually the first man I voted for. He ran against Bill Clinton in nineteen ninety six and I was finally old enough to vote for president and I was so proud to vote for Bob Dole. Um and it looks like he's not gonna be around much longer either. So we're starting to see these icons and heroes from my childhood who are now uh, passing away or very close to passing away. So it, it kind of tugs at my mortality a little bit and thinking I'm getting old, <laughs> you know? And so anyway, um, gone a little bit over. Uh, hope you forgive me for that. Uh, we'll be back next week um, with another great show. Um, So we'll talk to you real soon here. Bye, everyone.